0: Welcome, everyone, to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Really loved uh, watching the message. Um, last week, if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the Powerful services last week the testimonies, the worship, the testimonies the message from from This is all so good um, so so good God is uh, doing great things. I really do see um, you know it, it, we, we saw asbury happening you know and that was really that 's really cool what God is doing there um, I just see God um, doing that um, in, in a very methodical and a very um, uh, systematic way, uh, so don't be surprised as you see things begin to pop up even in your own homes. Um, I just love what God's doing. So encouraged about uh, you know what He's doing uh, in these last days. You know, at the beginning of the year, we got that verse out of Proverbs three five and six: um, Trust in the Lord with all with your with all of your heart, and don't lean. On your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will direct your steps. And I love that verse. We've heard that verse many times, but really, we are in a season where God is saying, Listen, I I wanna teach you how to really, truly trust me, how to walk with me. I'm gonna really show you how that works. That can be very unnatural and uncomfortable for us human beings because we, we like to see the way, we actually like to create the way, we like to see our weeks, even months laid out before us, but that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is saying, hey, trust me in this. Matter of fact, Dan, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to show you about a foot in front of you. Amen, right? Yeah, we don't, we don't like that. And so I was thinking about this verse, and, and then I, I was thinking about what our, our series that we're going to called 23, and uh, it's a brand new series we're starting. It's not about Michael Jordan. Um... <laughs> He doesn't hold a candle to Psalm 23. It's it's about unpacking one of the most well-known psalms, Psalm 23. And according to the study of religion in American culture, nearly half of all people who read the Bible on their own turn to Psalm 23. Most of us have heard it, even memorized it by heart, and learned it as a prayer, giving us comfort and hope in tough times. But this psalm is actually the ideal source of learning how to live a trusting and carefree life. At the same time, discovering who God ultimately is. Listen, a shepherd, a companion, a friend, tenderly guiding us and taking care of us all, his lambs, his little lambs. See, I'm a little lamb. <laughs> so let's read, this t- let's read this together out loud, you guys. Um, here we go, on the count of three, Psalm 23. Uh, one, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. Love that. We all want peace. We all want to experience the freedom that Jesus offers, but truthfully, few know how to get it or sustain it. If if we were honest, most of our anxiety comes from financial stress or relationship trouble or simply not knowing our purpose in life. Most of our thoughts are actually tied up in the past or worry of the future. And this psalm not only answers some of the very important questions that we have regarding the carefree life, but it compels us to experience it for ourselves as well. I love what Charles Spurgeon wrote about this. He said, This psalm has charmed more griefs to rest than all the philosophy of the world. It has remanded to their dungeon more felon thoughts, more dark doubts, more thieving sorrows than there are sands on the seashore. It has comforted the noble host of the poor. It has sung courage to the army of the disappointed. It has poured balm and consolation into the heart of the sick, of captives in dungeons, of widows in their pinching griefs, of orphans in their loneliness. Dying soldiers have died easier as it was read to them. Ghastly hospitals have been illuminated it has visited the prisoner and broken his chains and like peter's angel led him forth in imagination and sung him back to his home again this psalm 23 listen teaches us how to trust god and how to live in the sweet spot of life carefree worry-free fear-free life so let's start right here psalm 23:1 the lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Now, I want to begin with the end of this verse, I shall not want, or reading it from right to left, just for this service today. Why you say? Because, well, unlike English, Hebrew is actually read and written from right to left. The popular theory is that in ancient times when chiseling out words on a stone tablet, the engraver would hold the hammer in his right hand and chisel with his left hand, making it much easier to engrave. So I can imagine the engraver, if he were to chisel this on stone, starting here first. So he chisels, I shall not want." And by the way, he begins to see the end result or the promise. And as he's reading this verse, maybe, just maybe, it piques his interest. I shall not want. Say, I shall not want. Literally, I am lacking nothing. Or even better, I have everything I need. Can you imagine that? having everything you could possibly need in this moment, in this life. David discovered this, so he declares it. I have everything I need. Now, say, I have everything I need. Do you? Jesus also talked about this when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you'll have everything you need. Everything That includes emotional, spiritual, and literal provision and protection. Can you imagine living even unmoved and unaffected when you get bad news? They did. God's kids learned this back in the olden days. Psalm 112, verse 7. It says, they do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They lack nothing. And they fear nothing because they trust someone, not a human. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. See, I shall not want is not just a declaration, my friends. It is a decision. It's a decision. A decision to simply trust the Lord to to give us everything we need. If we want to experience the life God has for us, we must be willing to do that which is unnatural. Do you think it's natural for a human flesh and blood dude to trust an invisible God? Of course not. It's not natural. It's unnatural. But it's in the unnatural that we can all of a sudden begin to see the supernatural happen. to really trust God and not lean on our own understanding to truly let him care for us? See, when we are in his care, we will want nothing because we lack nothing. Do you hear that? We will want nothing because we lack nothing. So let's get real. For me, life is like a vending machine more times than not. I know what I want. I want that cream-filled puff pastry, but I need that raisin-filled granola bar. I want those Fritos, but I need that fruit, or I need forgiveness because I'm about to reject the fruit and eat the Fritos. Listen, I want what makes me feel good, but I need what makes me good. And when the Lord is my shepherd, then... I have everything I need, living that learning and living that carefree. Now, what am I saying here? I'm saying that listen, worry and anxiety and fear is always gonna knock on my door, right? It's we live in a life that, but 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 God is showing us how how to be led through it and how to how to experience the life that He wants us to. Is it possible? Yes, God said it, Jesus said it, and the Holy Spirit is saying it now. So let's continue. Say, say, say! I have, I have everything I need. See what, what we're doing? God is just kind of—he's like he's saying, he's saying, "Hey, do you know it's possible? It's possible to have everything you need, right? It's possible. That's the promise. Here's the promise." So let's continue. The engraver then chisels the next word, and the next word is shepherd. Say shepherd. And this is how the carefree, worry-free, fear-free life begins with the shepherd, God is a shepherd. It's actually remarkable that the Lord would call himself shepherd. See, in Israel, a shepherd was considered the lowest of all occupations. If a family needed a shepherd, it was always the youngest one, like David, who got the unpleasant task of taking care of the smelly sheep. But, it, but, it, but isn't that just like God to refer himself as a shepherd, the lowliest of jobs that the great God of the universe has chosen to stoop down and take such tender care of you and me. And David, the author of 23, knew that he needed a shepherd. See, sheep need a shepherd. Matter of fact, sheep desperately need a shepherd. Let me give you the facts. Sheep, I'm a sheep, you're a sheep everywhere, sheep, sheep. Say bye again, say bye. See, and don't feel bad when I say this, just the truth. Well, they're timid, fearful, easily panicked and gullible. They're vulnerable to mob psychology. I've witnessed that a few times. They they have have little or no means of self-defense. They can only run. They're jealous and competitive for dominance, high maintenance, constantly need fresh water, fresh fields to eat from because they have very little discernment in choosing food or water. They're stubborn and will at times insist on their own way, even to the point of eating poisonous plants or drinking dirty water. They're easily flipped over on their back, unable to right themselves, and therefore could die of starvation if not turned over by the shepherd. And listen, sheep frequently look for easy places to rest, and they don't like to be sheared or cleaned. They are creatures of habits. They tend to get stuck in ruts. Sheep are slow to learn. Listen, there are countless stories about how sheep can be taught a very painful lesson and yet fail to learn the very painful lesson. Hello? Come on. Two hands, right? For example, a sheep may get caught in a barbed wire trying to break free through the fence, and the next day he'll try it again and again. <laughs> Been there, done that. Now, some animals' name may not be very bright, but make up for it with grace and elegance in their movement and actions. But sheep are very awkward, lacking in agility and dignity. <laughs> but sheep are surprisingly strong, though. Well, finally, that's a compliment, right, Dan? No? See, you can watch the most macho of men get beaten by sheep. One guy said, I've been flattened by a running sheep. It was like getting run over by a tank. Sheep are strong, but sheep stray. You can find them miles from anyone and anything, and you're totally unconcerned. You can look on a cliff, and there you, you may find a sheep on a lethal ledge, and we know they're copycats. When one sheep decides to start running, they all decide to start running. Sheep are unpredictable and restless. But sheep are dependent. Sheep are dependent. And you can see by all of that we just said, sheep desperately need a shepherd. So David uses the metaphor of a shepherd instead of the more distant king or impersonal rock or shield because, listen, the shepherd lives with his flock and is everything to it. A guide, a provider, a physician, and a protector because sheep, his sheep, are extremely valuable to him. See, what I've known is that many think that God can be some overbearing, narcissistic leader that forces them to do only what he wants. He's not like that at all. He's a shepherd, caring and compassionate, but listen, lovingly corrective and firm, a companion, a friend, tenderly guiding us again and taking care of us all. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd, he will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. And I'm thinking maybe the engraver of this psalm was thinking the same thing. He was man, I got to get, get me a shepherd. I got to get me a shepherd. And one author writes, before a man can truly say shepherd, he must first feel himself to be a dependent, needy sheep. Did you hear that? He must first, she must first see themselves as a dependent, needy sheep. If there's one thing that I say, I I just say naturally, oh God, I need you. I said it when I got married, oh God, I need you. (laughs) I said it when I had kids, oh God, I need you. When they became teenagers, oh God, I need you. And then we got a couple cats and a dog, and I'm telling you, desperation has set in my whole life. But really, it's not about those things. I just desperately need Jesus. I desperately need a shepherd. I'm so grateful. That I can't do it on my own. Oh, I could probably try to do it on my own, and I have tried, but I desperately need a shepherd. So let's keep moving from right to left. The engraver carves the next word, which is important my. Say my. And this is where everything begins to change because now it gets personal. My shepherd. My shepherd. It's where everything changed. See, David, the shepherd, was real and personal. And I hear a confident tone about this word. There's no if or but or even I hope so. He says, my shepherd. Say, my shepherd. And here's a million-dollar question. Is he my shepherd? Is he Your shepherd. When our kids were younger, we would hear this a lot. Mine. We say, now share with your brother, share with your sister. But if I could ask you to be selfish with one thing in your life, I would say, be selfish with your shepherd. Say, mine. Say, my shepherd. That's what David was saying. My shepherd. My shepherd. And don't worry, there's plenty of shepherd to go around. My shepherd. See, the statement actually shook the readers in those times because the temptation in Israel was to speak only about the God or our God, forgetting at times that the God of Israel is also the God of individuals. My shepherd. See, it's my shepherd. It's your shepherd who says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You matter. God has a plan for you. You have the right personality. You have the right gifts. You have the right look. You don't need to be like anyone else. Your personal shepherd leading you to become who God intends you to be. This is what your shepherd would say. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. See, your shepherd knows you better than you know yourself. And he loves you so much that he took the effort to get to know you individually. Individually. He's always got his eye on us, but not to judge us, to yes, to locate us (laughs) when we drift away, but to love us. I mean, your heavenly father is so proud of you. You are his valuable treasure. Look at Psalm 139, 2 and 3. It says, you know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel. And when I rest at home, you know everything I do. My shepherd, my shepherd, my shepherd. And maybe as this gentleman or lady is chiseling this word and thinking about this word, my shepherd, says to himself, I got to get me my shepherd. See, Psalm 23 only comes to life when he's my shepherd, my shepherd, which brings us to our final chisel. We're not going to do this for all the, all the messages, just this one. The Lord is. Say the Lord is. Now, this is where the rubber hits the road. The New Testament, Lord, the word Lord is the most frequently used title for Jesus. We rarely use this word, but we're familiar with another word. Boss. <laughs> boss. That's basically what Lord means. One possessing authority, power, and control. The ruler over all creation. King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't think we would argue or disagree with that, right? Many Christians don't have a problem with Jesus except when they have to call him Lord or boss saying that he actually owns everything. (laughs) He actually owns everything. He does, Psalm 24, 1. Matter of fact, let's say this out loud together. Ready? One, two, three. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. One reason that we might struggle in life Get anxious in life is that we inadvertently believe we are the owners. We inadvertently, unintentionally, or intentionally believe that we are the owners. That's dangerous. (laughs) Been there, done that. When I gave my heart to Jesus, I I remember life was definitely more carefree. God was leading. I mean, I remember, listen, frequently find myself with no gas in my car and 20 bucks in my pocket for the week. But thank God tacos were like 50 cents a piece back then or less. But everything worked out. Everything was good. I mean, I, I had no problem, like, oh yeah, yeah, give that away, give this away. You know, I, I saw God just supernaturally provide for me so many different times when I didn't have anything in my pocket. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, you are so real every single day. And then I got married. And then I had children. And I started to lose the carefree, worry free, come on, fear free, please hear this fear free life like most of us do. And why and how? Well, I started carrying the load, taking the full responsibility. But what what I forgot was sheep don't have saddles, and they don't carry baggage. I was a sheep but living like a camel. Camels are ugly. My life was becoming ugly. Because I was caring so much and worrying about so much and trying to fix so much in my life. Thinking I had to carry everything and everyone. And I was just a little lamb. I'm just a little lamb. But starting to get lost, I was straying from the shepherd and forgetting who is Lord. Lord. Apparently, I'm supposed to be like a child. I need to become like a child. Trusting the Lord with all my heart and all his stuff as I get old and gray. Older and gray. Youngish, older, and gray. So, yes, listen, yes, the Lord means boss and owner. And as we finish, but it also speaks of, of respons- responsibility. Listen, the Lord is responsible for you. Please hear this. The Lord is responsible for you. The Lord, the boss, the king is responsible for you. <clears throat> I know as our kids get older, oh my goodness, every day, oh Lord, put some angels around them. <laughs> Lord, I open up doors. Lord, I I can't, I'm not smart enough to try to get them where they need to go. But Lord, I know you can. You're their heavenly father. I take them off my back and I give them to you constantly. Constantly. Because he wants the best for you and them. Because you are his treasure. So he desires to protect The purity of you. He fights for the heart of you. And there's one last thing that the Lord is means. It means this. God now. I know there's a lot here. Just take what you can get today. God now. You're not going to see it there. Say God now. The phrase the Lord is means God now. God now. Right now in this place. Means the existing one. There's a reason why why Moses said, "Hey, hey, uh, who should I say sent? Who should who should I say sent me?" And he goes, "I am." <laughs> Sounds like Popeye. He says, "I am." He didn't say, "I was" or "I will be." He says, "I am." Yes, I was, and yes, I will be. But but you tell him, "I am the existing one." God right now is with you. That's why I said that present now, able to help now. Many think he did it back then, and one day when I get to heaven, I see him then, but not necessarily now. David understood that God was a very present help in time of need, the Lord, the one who exists right now in me and in this place, the one who will show up for me and you when we need him, God now. Studies have shown that we spend around 80% of our thoughts on what happened in the past or what might happen in the future. Eighty percent of our thoughts are either in the past or the future. When Jesus said, take no thought or care about tomorrow. I'm just preaching myself. The message always comes to me first. But Jesus wants to flip the script. Paul said, one thing I do is forget the past Because the Lord is now The Lord is Savior and King and Mighty That's all true But what matters most Is He Lord now? Is He your Lord in this moment today? So what I've noticed is The more you know God now The less you'll be preoccupied with worry later The more you know God right now The less you'll be preoccupied with worry later I hope you're enjoying this. I hope hope something's getting into your heart because listen, this is, this this whole psalm is gonna open up to you and I this life, the abundant life that Jesus wants us to live. When God is elevated, like I said last week, we're insulated a couple weeks ago. So let me chisel out by ending with this, the Klotz Amplified Version. The Lord, my boss, who is present at this very moment, is my personal, protective, loving, kind, caring, and tender shepherd. Therefore, I have everything I will ever need. And this life only comes as we place this verse in our hearts and surrender our lives to our Savior, Jesus, the true shepherd. So you don't have to leave Jesus here at church today only to visit him next Sunday. He will guide you home today. He'll be with you when you sleep and when you rise in your coming and in your going throughout your day, your week, your year, your life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, just uh, for you opening up this truth and idea that we can trust you. We can trust the shepherd. We can trust the shepherd. You have the very best for us, Lord. And Lord, forgive us when we weigh ourselves down with all of the burdens of life, God. Forgive us, God, when we think that what we have is ours. It's yours, all yours, God. Everything that I have is yours. So, Lord, I just release it to you right now. And this is the, the prayer I, wanna, I want us to pray. <clears throat> it's just a prayer of surrendering this stuff to Jesus. Would you just put your hand over your hearts and just if, pray this with me out loud. Say, Jesus, today I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, and as my Shepherd. Lord, I've been carrying too much stuff it weighs me down I don't want it anymore so I give it over to you I cast my cares on you because you care for me and Lord thank you for taking it it's all yours anyway so I just surrender it I give it back to you in Jesus name Amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Hey, uh, prayer partners are here. Prayer team is here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, have an incredible day. God bless you. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.